0: And I will give you treasures, hidden in the darkness, secret riches, and I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, and the one who calls you by name. Jesus, may I just thank you for your scripture. I thank you that you have left us with words that are your promises, with words that are your hope, with words that speak of who you are. I just thank you for um, that truth that it says you will leave us riches in the darkness. And so just pray today. Um, I think many of us feel like we are experiencing a lot of darkness, and that we would trust that your Holy Spirit would bring us riches from you, Jesus, in this time, treasures from you, and that we would hear you call us by name, calling us each by name. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that the rest of this time that we have together, it is a gift, this togetherness, Um, and that we would just bear witness to who you are. And there's something profound in having other people witness something with you. I think it brings a weightedness. And so I just pray that whatever it is your spirit speaks to us in this time, that it would be weighted by just the truth that your presence is with us as you call us each by name. In your name, amen. I'm gonna set my timer. Terry I promised I would keep this short. Um, So just a little context, Terry had asked me to speak today um, weeks upon weeks ago when his itinerary still had him in Sri Lanka and um, I knew what I was gonna speak on immediately. I had actually been talking to him about the story of blind Bartimaeus. And um, it's a story that I have been meditating on and reading over and over for months now. And so I thought, oh, great, I'll, I'll speak on that. And um, I am the world's biggest procrastinator. And I thought, you know what, though? I, I know what I'm going to talk on. And so I'm just going to put it down. So I did. I put it down. Never, I think, in my life or the history of speaking done it that far in advance. Um, and then the events of last week happened, and Tyler texted me on Thursday, I think it was, and said, are you preaching on Sunday? And he said, are you feeling prepped? And I felt like I was prepped until the events of last week, and I felt like it feels like a whole nother something. So I do just want to say, today I am still speaking on the story of Blind Bartimaeus, um, and trusting that that is what God has for us today, but... I've gone through and made some tweaks, and I also just want to be really sensitive to the space that we're in and the realities and the sensitivities that we all have. Um, so I'm going to ask that we do this together. I know often the person up here, we think of it as they're the ones sharing, um, but I to get through this and thinking of it as we are doing this together. <laughs> um, so. Tyler did ask me this morning, he said, what is it that you want people to walk away with? And I said, I want them to walk away with hearing the word and having a connection with Jesus. I love it. Water bottle (laughs) for emphasis. Um, So I want to share from the scriptures today and... um, I'm gonna start with the story of blind Bartimaeus. Um, This is a story that I have read the New Testament many times through, but um, this story didn't ever land on me, you know, when you've like, I'm sure i read it, had no recollection, but the story landed on me. I can still see, I was sitting in the rocking chair in Ruby's room in our little Glendale house, and somebody had given us a children's storybook about Bible stories, and I read this story, and I just wept, like wept. And um, so the last, I I kept coming back to it here and there, but the last few months, I have gone back to why does this story connect to my heart so much, time and time and time again. Um, So I'm going to read it for you, and then give a little bit of context for it. It's in Mark 10, 46 through 52. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, the only named miracle, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he heard, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, the son of he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So this story speaks to me of many things, but one of the things is of longing. Um, It speaks to me of my own blind spots, areas that need Jesus's wholeness. Um, It speaks to me of vulnerability and humility And for me, longing and desire can be a really tricky thing. Um, It can be complicated. I think for all of us, depending on how we were raised, our families of origin, the way that we're wired, um, wanting things, desiring things, and bringing that to Jesus, um, sometimes those things aren't allowed. Um, I think there's voices in our head that say, um, you can't want something that's not for you to do. That's a bad thing. Some of us have like worm theology of like our hearts are born wicked. And so therefore, anything that we may desire from our flesh is not a good thing. Um, I think some of us grew up with like, you shouldn't want that. You're wanting too much. We can't afford that. Um, Now's not the time. How could you even bring that up now? Um, So there's a lot of different pieces and layers to what it is to desire and long for something. Um, I think sometimes, specifically for me, there's a fear of if I bring that desire to Jesus, and if I'm vulnerable enough to put it at his feet, that desire comes kicking and screaming, and it's no longer subdued and hidden. (laughs) And then what if it's kicking and screaming and it's not something I can have? or it's not appropriate for some reason? And then what do I do when it's left at the surface kicking and screaming? So as I prayed through this story on multiple occasions, I feel like this story to me is such a reminder that Jesus invites us to meet with him. He invites us to come to him and he invites us to give him everything we have, every detail of who we are. I think Bartimaeus had been begging for years. Um, He had a really obvious and immediate need. There was a really surface desire. He was blind and he wanted to see. It wasn't a complicated, layered need. Um, and I, I, I doubt he knew if this need would ever be met. Um, but every day, I'm assuming that he planted himself at this busy intersection. Um, you don't plant yourself at a quiet intersection. It's at a busy intersection where people are constantly coming and going. And I doubt he had any idea that Jesus was coming by that day. I feel like... Jesus didn't have an itinerary that he was putting out. And um, so he planted himself, my guess is, at the same intersection. And he was surprised that Jesus was coming by. And what I love is that Bartimaeus didn't hesitate. Again, when I read this story, I think of all the excuses I would have put up. I immediately would have been like, uh, how do I get through this huge crowd? Like, I'm going to have to step on people's toes. I don't know the way to make my way through. Um, How do I cry out loud enough? What if he doesn't hear me? What if that's inappropriate for me to scream too loud? Like, we are in a public setting. Like, I just, it was so funny to, like, hear all the excuses I made for myself, if I pictured myself Bartimaeus in that moment. But Bartimaeus... Again, I don't feel like he had pre-planned this. He didn't know Jesus was coming his way, but he cried out to Jesus. He didn't hesitate. He knew what his desire was, and he didn't hesitate. He said, Jesus, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. And then he had two barriers. He had the disciples, and he had this large crowd of people. The disciples... Again, these are my own imaginings, but I just, I sort of think that sometimes they really enjoyed the prestige of being disciples. I think there was an, an instinct to defend their friend. I mean, they were walking everywhere in public, and once Jesus was known for being Jesus, like there were just constantly people coming up to him. And I think they took that job really seriously to protect Jesus, and I think that instinct was was good, um, but I think there was also a little bit of, I don't imagine they fully understand, understood at that point, like what the kingdom of God meant, um, that it wasn't about, you know, overthrowing rulers and politics and government, which I think I think that was still sort of their idea of like what this Messiah, what this savior was going to be. Um, and it was gonna play out really different in the world and time that they lived in. Um, so I think, Bartimaeus had to deal with the disciples. They were like, whoa, whoa, nobody's getting to Jesus. And I also think that the crowd, the crowd is so interesting. It says here in the scriptures, the crowd rebuked him and they told him to be silent. Here's this man crying out for mercy, for sight, and they shushed him. And again, it's only my guesses. I think there's a lot of things that could have been going on there, but um, I think there is a little piece of people. Just when you're when you're in a public place and somebody is being vulnerable and maybe somebody like a little socially inappropriate, there's this like feeling of like I just want to step away. This is a little too awkward. Don't want to be part of this. Um, I also think. There could be a sense of jealousy of like, whoa, he asked for something. I want to ask for something. Maybe he'll get it and I won't. I don't know. But again, those were things, those were voices that were happening. And yet Barnabas still cried out again. And Jesus stopped. He stopped. He heard his cry. And the disciples said, Come on, man, he's calling you. <laughs> like, okay, we were wrong. Get up here. And then it said, The blind man was so ready, he sprang to meet him. He threw off his cloak. And this, I think, is probably my favorite moment in the story, but he threw off his cloak. And commentators talk about this cloak, like, He was a blind man begging. He didn't have a lot. And this was probably his one piece of security, his one one sort of material possession. And even if it wasn't, if it was basically a rag, it had pockets in it, I'm sure, to hold anything of value that he had. And it said he threw it off. Anything of security, anything a value, and he ran to Jesus. A naked man running blindly to Jesus. And I feel like this is a pivotal point because then Jesus turns to him and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Not, here's what I need you to do for me. Jesus, the Messiah, turns to a naked blind man and says, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know if I would be ready for that question. I don't know what my response would be. But his answer was, my teacher, I want to see. His faith, it prompted him to respond to Jesus with what most of us would consider utterly impossible. A blind man wants to see. Again, I think I bury my own desires deep down in the safety of obscurity. Um, I don't wanna acknowledge them or let them overpower me. Um, So I don't have to deal with disappointment or brokenness of unanswered prayers. But Jesus gave Bartimaeus an invitation, an invitation that can't be a safe one. It's an invitation to strip away our barriers and to reveal our hearts to Jesus, to connect with him, to have a conversation and then after this like this story it just keeps it's so good it just keeps getting better it doesn't end there but then it says the blind man had nowhere else to go he actually had to then change his way of being and living it says right here your faith has made you well he immediately recovered his sight and he followed him on the way so then not only did Jesus give his, 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 him sight, but he said, come follow me. And I'm just wildly inspired by that moment that it, he couldn't go back to begging. He, I mean, he, he was no longer a blind beggar. He could see now, so he couldn't keep that way of life. But oh my word, the courage, the courage of him to then follow Jesus and to figure something completely different out. I feel like so often that's the really scary part of like, okay this thing has happened, that's awesome and now what? He had to have the courage to follow that now what? But with Jesus, following Jesus. I just love, again, the the degree of obviousness in this story. (laughs) Like It was so obvious he was blind. But I think that's as obvious as those people, as the crowd, they were lost too. But the blind man, he was the one willing to state the truth, to state the obvious. We're going to do a little exercise, and it's just going to be five or ten minutes, and then we're going to wrap it up and move into worship. But as I sort of went through my notes, I thought, just even as a community and as individuals, we have an obvious need. There is hurting And there is grief. And there is sorrow. And there is Jesus. And he wants us to come in our vulnerability and in our nakedness to bring that to him. And as I said earlier, I think, I I imagine, if any of you are, are sort of, similar, that you're just saturated. And so I'm hoping to just open a little space right now to just connect with Jesus as a group, as the body of Christ, and as a family. Um, so I am just going to ask us to close our eyes for a minute. I'm going to invite you. And none of this, you don't have to do any of this. But I'm gonna leave this as an invitation and you are welcome to take it or leave it, or take pieces of it and leave pieces of it. But I'm gonna ask us to simply close our eyes and invite you to just physically open yourself up to Jesus. Simply as uncrossing your legs, uncrossing your arms Find just a comfortable position that feels like you are physically acknowledging that you are opening yourself up to meeting with Jesus. And I'm gonna ask you also to just simply remember your breath. Our breath is such a beautiful thing. It is a gift from our Creator. It is a reminder that our life comes from him. So just inhale and exhale for a moment. Again, he is inviting you. He is inviting you. And then we're just going to use our imagination for a moment. We're going to imagine ourselves in the setting of the story of Bartimaeus. It's probably hot. It's probably dusty. And just imagine that you are sitting by the side of the road in your own place of need. in your own place of need. And I'm going to read through the story slowly again. And I want you to imagine yourself as the person needing something from Jesus, crying out and calling to him. As they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting on the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Again, just notice if there is a need and cry out to him. Bring that need to Jesus. Just notice Maybe that need shows up as a tightness in your chest. Maybe it shows up as a knot in your stomach. Maybe it's tears behind your eyes. But bring that to him. And then it goes on to say, many rebuked him. They were telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, the son of David, have mercy on me. And imagine that in response to your cry, Jesus turns to you. He turns his face to you and you are face to face with one another. Allow yourself to just have that full realization that you have in this moment, Jesus's complete attention. You have your father's complete attention. And hear his question back to you What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Notice what comes up. And if you just need to go back to your breath, go back to your breath and just take a deep one. Hear his question and sit with it. do you want me to do for you? It's said with no judgment. It's said straightforward. You are face to face with his full, full attention on you. Beautiful. And just notice, too, if there's anything that he's specifically saying in response. Maybe it's just a feeling or an emotion, a peace coming over you. Maybe it's an idea of something to do or something to ask for, maybe to ask someone else for. Maybe it's scripture. Maybe it's an image or a memory. But Just notice his response. And just in this place of noticing and of rest, I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the reminder, the reminder that you want to connect with us, that you invite us with no judgment, with no ulterior motives, but you ask us to bring our hearts to you with vulnerability and humility, just as you modeled for us. So I just pray. That whatever came up for each one of us, that you would help us remember that you are holding us tenderly, you are holding us with care, and that we have your full attention. help us to be aware of what cloaks we may not be willing to throw off we thank you jesus just for this time to gather as a family and as a community we thank you the power of just witnessing your presence in our own life and in others. I just ask that your Holy Spirit be here. Continue to lead us. Amen. Um, so we're going to go into communion. I feel like communion is another opportunity for us to bring, to bring ourselves to Jesus, to bring our hearts. It was an invitation that he gave us and an invitation to bring something Him that, to him that we cannot do for ourselves. So I'm gonna have us, just as we normally do, come up and get some bread and some juice and then Terry will Lead us together through communion.